What's going on, everybody? Um, it's kind of late today, isn't it? Yeah, like 9.45 right now here in uh, Northern California. Coming at you uh, out of Riverbank, California, next door to Modesto. About an hour away from Sacramento and about an hour and 10, 15 minutes away from San Jose, California. The stomping grounds where I come from. Born and raised in downtown San Jose. Anyways, I hope somebody comes on. I hope everybody uh, joins the show really quick. Um, I thought I'd check out this new face that I'm doing here. You know, uh, news and notes, a couple of things to bring up and talk about. Um, you know, I was actually at work today, um, and you know how, dude, this, this weather's really crazy, right? So uh, it was getting rained out. I had to go inside one of the buildings to work on vehicles. If you don't know, I'm a PDR guy. I remove dents on vehicles. That's what I do for a living. I don't do this for a living. Um, pretty sure you've, you've noticed that i don't do this for a living <laughs> but um what's up brothers what's going on philly what's going on g-funk oh no problem bro thank you for yeah no that's what i was gonna go into um i'm not gonna say uh la roca la roca i hope i'm saying your name right man um what's up chicano prophet yeah, man. So anyways, uh, La Roca was, uh, so I was talking about, so I had to go inside the building and get, I get a chance to talk to like the detail guys that work in there. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the detail guys are just normal blue collar guys. So they watch, you know, football, baseball, basketball. And right now the big hoots about the, about the Super Bowl. But a few guys were like, dude, ain't nothing really going on in the boxing. I'm like, actually next month, bro, we got a hell of a schedule, uh, for boxing, you know, um, so then that's when I started thinking. I was like, you know what? I don't really see, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I don't really see anybody putting up schedules during their show. And I thought that it would be great, um, you know, to, you know, throw something up here, man. Um, Chicano Prophet, what's going on? Right on, Philly. I hope uh, I hope we talk about some good topics here so that uh, it makes your time pass at, at work, man. Um so it's a really crazy, crazy weather last night. Like the wind was blowing really hard. My fence came down. Believe that shit. I was outside uh, when I got home from work trying to push up my fence. And, uh, you know, just pouring. It's still pouring out there. So, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Shit. I got one right. I got one right. I, I didn't, I didn't uh, butcher somebody's name. <laughs> I must be getting better, bro. Anyways, uh, so we got some good topics to talk about that I thought that I wanted to talk about and bring up some news and stuff. And obviously the first one that I found really interesting, uh, let's go with, um, I got like four or five. And then whatever you guys want to talk about, if you want to throw it up there. But let me get across what I was thinking here. Um, so Virgil Ortiz and Mauricio, uh, um, Maurice Hooker is set for March 20th. For the vacant WBO international welterweight title. I'm really excited about this fight. Uh, you know, Virgil Ortiz Jr., if we could buy stock on the kid, I would definitely uh, put a shitload of money. Uh, see this kid as the future. Um, definitely the, I think the future of the face of boxing. There's a lot of things that this kid, Virgil Ortiz, um, you know, uh, uh, Raider LA Boxing. What's up, brother? Thanks for joining us. There's a lot of things about Virgil. And, and you know what? It's just not off of what I see of him. Um, like, I actually, when I talk to, you know, Saturday night boxing fans that don't really keep up with the sport or don't read read up on the sport, but they, they you know, if it comes across their television or tablet or whatever they're trying to watch the fight on, um, 
they always bring up the same thing about Virgil Ortiz and it's the humbleness and that he kind of really brings this throwback vibe, which is he doesn't talk a lot. He's actually the opposite. And I've heard this. I heard this a lot last week talking to, uh, you know, some casuals and other fight fans uh, alike that he's the opposite of like Ryan Garcia, you know, where, um, you know, even when he was tweeting uh, to Terrence Crawford and, and Terrence Crawford was kind of, I don't know if he was trying to bait him, you know, Terrence's personality is completely different on Twitter, but Virgil Ortiz like kept it very, uh, you know, <clears throat> very clean, very humble. You know what I mean? Like he didn't get pulled into this Twitter, you know, war of words going back and forth. He was basically saying, Hey man, I respect you champ to Terrence Crawford. Uh, if we ever get to meet, in the ring across from each other because they have worked with each other um, it would be an honor and uh, I thought that was really classy of the kid and I think that's the thing that a lot of fight fans not uh, not just alone his boxing skills you know but but his personality is that throwback I don't know if my grandfather was still alive my 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 grandfather Poncho would uh really appreciate uh Virgil Ortiz because that was one thing about my grandpa would always say like hey you know the fighters and stuff uh you know, they talk, they talk in the ring with their fists. They don't need to talk all loud and everything. And uh, that was something definitely that I grew up and, 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 and enjoyed. But then I ended up like bumping into like coming across Hector Camacho. And I fell in love with that guy, the bravado, that, how he was, how he came across the screen and stuff. But like I said, going back with Virgil Ortiz, um, those are like two things right there that I, off the bat that I, I think that fans that are not big boxing fans, they catch Virgil Ortiz. They all say the same. Um, he's he's a bit of a fresh uh, fresh air. And that was actually like my brother-in-law, Adolfo, who is a big fight fan, but he doesn't keep up like myself or like you guys. Uh, but that was the word that he used. He said, "Dude, Virgil Ortiz Jr. is a is a he's a he's a breath of fresh air in boxing for me. You know, he doesn't have to come across as the jerk or the villain. Villain. It's his boxing." speaks volumes and uh la roca i gotta agree with you bro it is a big big step for uh virgil ortiz man i i i definitely i definitely agree with you on that one man you know um maurice hooker who went tooth and nail uh with jose ramirez that was a sensational fight you know hooker uh decided to go toe-to-toe with jose fight jose ramirez's uh style and and it cost him in the you know in the later run of the fight you know i'm not sure if he's gonna want to do that with uh virgil ortiz who does pack a massive punch and you gotta i have to say that even though this is a big test you you have to think that virgil ortiz jr in my opinion is the bigger puncher for number one but also a bigger puncher than jose ramirez i don't know what you guys think um what's up shoe shine thanks for joining in brother um, and like G Funk said, he goes, Hey, I like the fight. I, I like this fight too, bro. I really do. I'm excited about this fight. And you know what? March is starting to really, really starting to, you know, shape up to be something pretty special. You know, I remember I coined it a few years back as uh, for boxing March Madness. And I'm ho- it looks like they're going to be holding up to that by putting this fight together. You know, uh, Raider, uh, Raider LA Boxing. Virgil seems to like the type of homie that lets his hands do the talking and nothing else. And that's what I was saying. You know, and I, I noticed that 
with people going like, bro, I like, I like Virgil. He doesn't talk a lot. You know, he lets his talking, uh, you know, uh, go in the ring. He lets his hands go. His skills do all the, the conversation that you need to know about the guy. And I, I agree with that. I completely, completely agree with that, man. You know, because um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I remember when I started uh, YouTube, I used to say, the ring is the truth teller. It's going to, it's going to expose whether or not that you either have the skill to do what you said you were going to do pre-fight or you're not going to be able to do that. You know, there's no lie when you step into that ring whatsoever, man. You know, I didn't know that. I did not know that he was a guitarist, uh, G-Funky. Wow. We learned something, uh, we, we learned something new, you know, I learned something new today. Um, yeah, uh, LaRuca, you're right. You know, uh, Hooker is a former world champion um, in his own right. No, absolutely. And that's why I think that Hooker, I, you know what? I think he learned his lesson. Um, I remember going back and listening to a few of his interviews. And I even remember talking to his ex-trainer uh, a bit. And, uh, you know, saying like, hey, I, I, Hooker will learn from this. You know, if there's one thing about Maurice Hooker is that he does – allow himself to grow and go back to the drawing board. And like I said, in an interview, I can't remember who he did it with. Um, he had said, uh, you know what? I, I, I effed up. I fell into the trap of just trading with them. I let the pride take over. Uh, these are not his quotes, but I'm just kind of like, you know, going off of what, what I could remember him saying. And uh, I think in a lot of ways that you learn from that, I think he learned from that. Uh, that's what a champion does. And uh, he's going to come back with a different game plan because knowing, too, as, as, as I said, you know, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Is a, is a big puncher, a big technician, boxer, puncher. I don't think he's going to go out there and try to do what he did with Jose Ramirez. I, I just don't see that happening. Outlaw, what's up, brother? Thanks for joining, man. Hey, don't forget to hit, hit that like button, guys, and subscribe so you know when I go on live here. Hit that notification. You'll know when I go on live on leaving the ring. So everybody that's joined us right now, I appreciate it. So going back with this fight here, you know, technically, I can't break it down right now in my head. I'm just more excited about it. I, I you know, I, I when I finally saw that it, it, it went through, I had reached out to the Virgil Ortiz people to actually try to get them on. And uh, graciously, his people responded back like, oh, bro, we would love to come on leaving the ring. But at this moment, we're going to just stop anything, any communication until we get this deal done. So maybe uh, tomorrow I can reach out to them again and see if possibly we could try to get them in. Not this Monday because we got some uh, interviews scheduled, but maybe the following or hopefully before the before March 20th, you know. Um, so we got about 30 days plus, you know, 40 days plus to uh, play with before we could try to get them on, man. I'm trying my best to try to get Virgil Ortiz on here. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty sure they're taking it very serious. Uh you know, as like my man Larocco said, hey, this is a big step up for Virgil Ortiz and Maurice Hooker. Hey, he's he's a, he's a former champion, no slouch. You know what I mean? Is this really not a kid that you could say, uh, um, you know, that he's out of his prime? Did he get? Did he did he lose to Jose Ramirez? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But look at the fashion. Now that might by the now that may be uh, the question. I'm gonna do my best, bro. I'm gonna do my best. But that might be my question. Because here, look. When a guy gets knocked out, like, quick. Let's say just one hit, boom, and he's out, he's done. A lot of times they can come back from that. They can, they can you know, uh, shake that off and, 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 and get back in there and 
you know, pick up where they, what mistake they made and, and reform themselves and, you know, get themselves back into that contingency of where they, where they fell off, right? Excuse me. But when a guy gets into a war fest and Hooker was in a war fest with Ramirez, okay? And, uh, dude, it was not, it was not one of those, um, it was not one of those one side beat down. I wouldn't say it was a one side beat down because I thought both men were giving it and taking it, you know, but it was a lot of punishment. It was a lot of, and even Jose Ramirez did not look great in the next fight fighting, uh, fighting uh, Victor Postal. I mean, I, 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 it's hard not to believe that Maurice Hooker didn't contribute for Jose not to look that good. Now, it could be Victor Postal, who's given everybody, Josh Taylor, you know, uh, Lomachenko, he's given everybody problems because of his jab and his height, and he, you know, he's a good boxer. Can't take that away from uh, Victor Postal, but I still think that there's got to be a little bit something there. You know, I may be reaching a bit here, but I think, personally, because both men dissed out a, 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 a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, punches, and both men received a lot of punches, but one had to walk away from that from that fight, and it was Jose Ramirez. You know, and absolutely, there's no shame in losing to Jose Ramirez at all. So, what do you think the betting odds are going to be for Las Vegas or anywhere else in the betting sites? It's obviously it's going to go with Virgil Ortiz Jr. Um, not a lot of kinks in his uh, in his fight game at this moment. You know, uh, we we're still as much as we're up in height of him. Um, I still think that there's stuff to be said or the unknown about this kid, Virgil Ortiz. And I think Maurice Hooker may be the guy to expose a bit and see whether, because Virgil Ortiz, got to admit, everything's gone his way. Every fight. You know, a fight that you think that, okay, he's going to have a little bit of problems. He should, you know what I mean? But, but he didn't. He's been able to really mow through these guys and, and just look like he's in a comfort zone. And it really kind of reminded me of Mikey Garcia back in the day when Mikey was bursting in the scene, uh, where they had just had complete control, ring, ring generalship, defense, offense, all these little things that looked great. But we still didn't know enough. I think that's where we're at with Virgil Ortiz Jr., uh, Maurice Hooker. I think this is going to actually bring out the best of him, and we're going to find out. You know, I don't know if you guys think it's a toss-up, um, but... Uh, I, I, I could, listen, well, look at Outlaw. Hooker got an 80-inch reach. That's crazy for a guy that's 5'11". Um, Outlaw says 5 to 1. That's what he thinks right there for Virgil. Okay, so yeah. See, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm interested to see when it gets closer, what people think. Uh, definitely, if you guys want to hit me up on leaving me Gmail, if you want to tell me what you, which, what you guys think, you certainly can. And uh, then we'll go from there, man. But uh, yeah, really excited about that fight. I can't wait for that fight to happen. Um, let's hope that COVID-19 <laughs> doesn't TKO it before it gets there. I'm hoping. Come on. Let us have this March Madness here, man, with these two fighters. Great fighters between the two. Virgil Ortiz Jr. stepping up to face Maurice Hooker. Um, God, it just has it has a lot written on there because I just don't think Maurice, uh, Maurice is just going to fold uh, is easy. I think he's going to put up a fight. He's going to dig his teeth deep into Virgil Ortiz Jr. Uh, we may have a dog fight. We may have a dog fight in these two. You know, Maurice Hooker has a lot on the line to lose. I mean, both men got a lot, a lot, a lot on the line to lose, right? You know, um, I believe so. I believe it is going to be on a DAZN. I could look up the details. 
and uh, post it on the uh, Leaving the Ring community chat there on the uh, YouTube channel. But um, but going back, I believe both guys, both guys have a lot on the line. Maurice Hooker, in order to stick around, uh, you know, he's got to do something. He's got to win big or he's got to look fantastic or, you know, spectacular in a way with losing if he does lose. Uh, but Virgil Ortiz Jr., I mean, in order to step up and get closer to those bigger fights out there that are waiting for him and the expectations that some of us have uh, that believe in this kid and on the investment that Golden Boy and his handlers have been doing with him, he's got to get past Maurice Hooker um, and he's got he's, he's got to win big in this one as well, you know, as well as every other fight that comes forward for him. He's got to win big, right? So let's check out the next next news here, man. Um, ooh. This is another good fight right here, man. I don't know if you guys saw this, man, but I like this here. You know, uh, Boots versus uh, Sergey Lipnitz agreed in terms for a welterweight fight in April. That's another good fight. You know, Boots' uh, last outing wasn't great. It was a, you know, head clash. Uh, he wasn't happy. He was like, look, I didn't want this, like, a win like this. Uh, you know, uh, Sergey Lipnitz uh, is definitely a tested warrior. You know, he lost to Mikey Garcia. Uh, but this guy is, he's a brute. What could you say about Lipnitz? You know, he comes to fight and he's going to show up to fight. So this is a really good test for Boots, in my opinion, who Boots has been looking phenomenal. Okay. Um, he's another kid that is built up to be uh, another face in boxing to keep an eye out, possibly a future star in the sport as a welterweight. So I don't know what you guys think about this fight, but I, I actually like this fight. You know, um, Lipnitz is a limited fighter but if there's one thing he comes forward he's got he's got power he's got decent power um and i think that he should be able to test boots you know uh he, you know boots is obviously the more superior fighter you know um like philly said here he is a philly future champion um you know going back with boots i mean he's got all the tools and all the promising that that a young fighter like him uh or an upcoming fighter like him uh, should have and need. So I, I think that the bar with Lipton's is is actually really good. It's a good step up uh, closer as well as like Virgil Ortiz going after Maurice Hooker. Um, so I'm hoping that that Boots Enos and um, Sergey uh, Lipton's, they both sign on and I, I hope they move forward into the April fight between the two. Like I said, I think this is a, a great, great, great matchup, man. I agree. I agree, brother. Uh, G Funky put on it's a good fight for Boots. D Style, what's up, bro? What's going on? Thanks for joining, man. Um, so again, I mean, two two really good fights. One in March, one in April. What more can we ask for? You know, just those two fights alone, right there, has really got my blood going and going like, yeah, I can't wait. March and April. Let's see what Shushan's got to say about this fight. Boots will KO Lipton's. He was about to KO Van Hordeen. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, um, you know, going back, I'm sorry, going back uh, with Boots, you know, I, I I can't say you're right. I, I agree with you, Dave, uh, from uh, Shushan Boxing, who's on every Monday. Uh, so check him out on Periscope. Um, and he's on the Leaving the Ring rotation. Um, I agree with you. I think he's going to knock out uh, Lipton's, but I think it's going to have, he's going to work for it, you know, because I don't think Lipton's going to fold unless he's like old overnight. I just don't see that happening. I think if anything, Boots understands and his handlers understand that they need rounds. 
And they need a rugged guy to come forward. They need a rugged guy to try to disrupt his, disrupt his rhythm. Um, you know, because that's one thing that we'd like to see. Let's see what, how he does. How does he adjust? You know, how does he, how does he fathom against a guy that's going to try to get on him and, and, and land some big shots? But I, I don't agree with you, Dave. I think that there's a strong possibility that Boots can knock him out within four to five rounds. Let's see here. Uh, Butch, uh, Boots should win, but glad he's stepping up in competition. I, I agree with you. That's what I mean. I really agree with you on that, man. I think it's great that he's stepping up. I think both him and Virgil, um, you know, if they continue winning, we got a collision course for both these guys, you know. Um, you know, I know that, I know the talks is, and the hopes is that, like, Virgil Ortiz, maybe next year, or hopefully in the summer, I don't know. I don't know what they're gearing up. I can't remember exactly what they're saying, but I think they were... They're in hopes of maybe getting in with either like uh, Errol Spence Jr. or maybe uh, Terrence Crawford. Uh, who's to say? Who's to know? You know, uh, Boots is still a prospect. And, 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 but, but I mean, this fight here with the Boots fights, uh, I believe that they're trying to get a title for this fight here. Because uh, I believe it's going to go 12 rounds uh, for a, a, a vacant title or some, something like that. You know, I can't remember. Uh, somebody put that in chat. Let me know what that was. But yeah. Uh, these are fights that these guys need. They definitely need these kind of fights on their resume. You know, the only thing is, is that Maurice Hooker is definitely a more dangerous fighter than uh, Sergey Lipton's. But I, I'm not going to hate on that fight. I, I think it's a great step up for Boots. You know what I mean? I think that's what all of us think. But I think we're all on the same page that we think Boots is, should, should stop Lipton's, you know, uh, between four to within the four to eight rounds, I think he should, or he's gonna batter him up so bad, cut him up that could be a possibly a TKO. Don't know. Do not know. That's why we watch the fights. You know, here Drew put <laughs> Drew put boots in three. Boots in three. Remember that, guys. He's on the he's on the. Drew, Irish Drew is on the record for that one there, man. <laughs> All right, man, let's see. Let's see what else, you know. Let's see what else we got here in the news and topics here on uh, Leaving the Ring. Ooh, I tell you what. Here's something else that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Joseph Parker, if he gets past his rival heavyweight, uh, Junior Fa, uh, he's interested in facing Derek Chazor. Let's remember this, that uh, Derek Chazor and him were close to uh, face it, you know, last year, but it was canceled because uh, Joseph Parker got a spider bite, a weird spider bite, and uh, so they had to cancel the fight, and then he had a, you know, <clears throat> he had to sit out, and Derek Chisora went off on his own, did his own thing, and now uh, Joseph Parker has to face uh, Junior Fall, which, you know what, um, I'm, I like the Derek Chisora fight, I mean, Derek Chisora is just a tested warrior but i think he's at towards the end of his days i think it's fair for us to say that i mean he's going to give everybody a big run for their money whoever he steps in with but um you know the guy's just uh got a lot of you know ring tear on him so uh um i don't know but also joseph parker thinking about thinking past junior fa i, I don't know if he should do that you know junior fa man undefeated tough guy they come from the same spot you know and I think, honestly, a lot of folks uh, that I've spoken to are leaning with Junior Fa. You know, they're, they're possibly saying, hey, there's a strong possibility that Joseph Parker may not get past this guy. I don't know what you guys think. I haven't made my decision yet of what I think about this fight between Joseph Parker and Junior Fa. I don't, I don't know who my pick is yet. 
you know? Um, so Outlaw puts here, Boots is not fighting anybody in the PBC unless he signs to Heyman. And uh, D-Style say 100%. I don't know if he's saying 100% about the Joseph Parker and Junior Fa. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's what he's saying. But, um, you know, yeah, I just don't, I wouldn't, if I was him and it's, it's Hamlet, I would say like, look, let's, we shouldn't be talking about nobody else. We should only be, you know, sleeping, thinking, and, 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 Creating a game plan for Junior Fall. That's about it. And uh, Philly says, I think Parker should seek Usyk or White rematch. Uh, I think so, too. I think he should, too. Um, but I think that because Derek Sajor got underneath, I think because of the talking, and he did mention this uh, in the article on Boxing Scene where I read about it, uh, saying that he got underneath the skin. He's just talking a lot. He doesn't want to shut up. I think it's just one of those pride things where he's like, I got to shut this guy up. We were supposed to fight. It didn't happen. It's still a good fight, but I, I still wonder, hey, look, you've got a very hard test in front of you in junior fall. I, why even go look past that, you know? Let's talk about that after. Uh, you know, if you get if you can get past junior, then, uh, of course, uh, Derek Chazor, uh, Dillian White, or even um, Alexandro uh, Usyk, those are good guys to... To talk about and to face down the line. Uh, Jasor is a gatekeeper at this point, but can still bang with anyone. With the heavyweights, it only takes one big shot. Totally agree there, bro. Absolutely agree. You know, the one thing though about Joseph Parker is that he's a big puncher. He's a good, he's a boxer puncher. He's a good mover. He knows how to, he knows how to box. Uh, a lot of folks thought he won against Andy Ruiz. You know, he's got quick hands. Uh, I mean, look at the way he had Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua was really kind of, of mixing it up with him. And a lot of other heavyweights, you know. Uh, Joseph Parker, there's no way of denying that this guy's got tremendous skills as a heavyweight. He's one of the top, what, I don't know, five, six guys out there at this moment, you know. But at the same time, Junior Falls trying to take that spot, trying to get closer to, you know, uh, get himself closer into the talks of maybe facing Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua, even though they got a scheduled fight with each other, which is excellent, you know, uh, excellent fight. One fight in the heavyweight division we've been waiting for. And Philly said that for Andy Ruiz, he thought that uh, Andy Ruiz beat uh, Joshua. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Joseph Parker. Joseph Parker beat Joshua. You know what? You're not the only one. I got to go back and watch that fight there, Drew. I really do. Because you're not the only one that's actually told me that, that they thought that they won. Um, look at G-Funk. He says, Parker's underrated. You're right. Parker is underrated, man. And skills, chin, punching power, and speed. You know, uh, not a lot of folks know about him here in the U.S., but us hardcore boxing fans, we do. We know that this guy is a threat, you know, but he is facing a threat himself right now. And Junior Fall. I don't know what you guys think. Again, um, tell me guys what you guys think about Junior Fall. You know, you think Joseph Park is going to be able to box circles against him? Um, what do you guys think? You know, is this a tough, a, a tough kind of match for him for his comeback since we haven't seen him in a while? I saw that A-Rod, uh, dang, the main event and Kona main event are off for this week about, about from Don King. I did end up seeing that and uh, a lot of legal issues. Um, I heard that Freza Kendall came back in the scene. He hasn't even fought since what? Uh, I think it was like 2014 or something like that. And uh, so, yeah, that's off there. But, uh, yeah, that sucks. That was supposed to be on Friday and no longer on Friday. But you guys got Caleb Plant and Caleb uh, Truex. I know how excited a lot of you guys are for that fight. 
<laughs> right? Um, again, Joseph Parker gets, if he gets past his rival heavyweight Junior Fa, he is interested in facing Derek Chazor. Hit that like button. Uh, make sure you hit the notification bell and subscribe. And don't forget, we're on Monday every five every night at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Leave the Ring on YouTube. If you don't catch us live, don't worry about it. You'll catch us on our podcast. Go to Pandora and catch us on the rotation. As well as uh, Hispanics Causing Panic on Tuesday nights. Okay? Um, and they're at 7 p.m. And uh, you catch them there. Some great guests, great show and stuff. Uh, and then you get the roundtable. The roundtable is on a Thursday night, so don't forget about that, you know. And on the same Monday night, you get uh, the shoe boxing live on Periscope. On Sunday night, you get ringside reporter, uh, and they all do end up on the Leave the Ring uh, rotation, uh, so don't worry. If you don't catch them live, it's not a big deal because uh, you can catch it on the podcast. Put it on your earbuds there, man. Tune in and listen to them. Uh, listen to us. And then on, on, what is it, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, uh, my co-host, my, my partner in crime, Amilcar, has got five at, wait, what is it, uh, Live at Five, Leave It a Ring Live at Five on his channel. And he's also uh, put up on the Leave It a Ring rotation. Man, he's got some great stuff. He's doing like an hour show by himself. It's a solo band show, right? One-man band show. And, um, man, he's, uh, he's bringing it. He is definitely bringing it, man. Okay, so let's go on. Let's move on here. Uh, let's see, what is the last one? No, there's actually two more topics here that I want to talk about, you know? I don't know if you guys saw this, but I thought this was pretty, pretty funny. Um, I, he's probably one of the most hated guys. Uh, oh, Philly says that their show is also on YouTube. Okay, so, uh, I'll put, I'll post that there. I'll post everybody's, uh, info and their channels, um, on our, on our, on our main page here on YouTube, um, you know? Uh, Fast Fred hasn't fought in six years. Uh, how is he still ranked? WBA is the worst of the worst. Oh man! Yeah, I think that Emil Carr broke that down on one of his segments on a on a Monday show or was Wednesday show or something like that, and really got in deep about the titles and you know do they what do they really mean? How confusing it really is. I put in my input about these titles, but yeah, dude. Uh, uh, Fezzo Kendo he hasn't fought. In a long time, but he was able to interject himself in this title heavyweight title fight that Don King was uh, hoping to put together, and well, he succeeded, and that's where we're at, at there. But let's go here. Uh, a guy that's pretty much hated from a lot of boxing fans, but I still have mad love for this dude, and that is uh, former uh, four-time division champ Adrian Broner, who said that Regis Progress is a clown, and he says, "Yeah, I, you know what? There's no reason for me to fight this guy because it does nothing." for me okay and uh i was like i don't know what you guys thought but i was like man i don't know regus is a he's a really tough dude is that is that his way of saying like i don't think i could win that fight i don't want that fight as a comeback which i don't blame him why would you want uh progress as your comeback fight you know i mean let's we got to give it to adrian broder as much shit that the guy talks talks about you know uh, um about billions, right? That, that's his like his slogan here. Um, the can man, <laughs> the can man. Anybody can get it, right? Uh, he's his resume is pretty deep. You know, he's faced everybody. He's fought a lot of guys. Has he won against them? No, no. Uh, but everybody always scratches their head and says, "How does this guy get back, back on a headliner? How does this guy get back on um, getting a big fight?" Again. 
TV personality sells fights. This guy knows how to sell himself. Okay, he knows how to market himself. He he's 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 kind of a bit of a of a genius. We're always like everybody loves a train wreck, and this guy is definitely a train wreck, whether it's in the ring or out the ring. And you know it's going to be showtime when this guy gets on the mic and starts talking about his opponent, whoever he's going to face. Um, was this surprising, surprising to hear about Regis Progress, Sim turning it down or saying he has no interest in it? Eh, no, because he did finish saying that he would kick his ass. He said, I'd beat his ass. You know, I'd F him up. I'd do this to him. But he's a nice kid. I like him. He's a good kid, is how he ended up in the conversation, which was on what, Bill, uh, I think it's Ben Custer's, uh, The Last Stand, I think that's the name of the podcast. And, um, and to me, that was a signal of, I don't want to face this guy. Not right now with my comeback. Come on. I haven't fought in a, I haven't fought in a while. Let me, let me get my juices working again. Let me get my, some oil on my joints here. They are hyping up a potential matchup down the road. Well, I feel like you know how boxing is. I know, bro. I know. You know. And you know what? If he does come out and he does look good and he looks faster, because what Broner's problem has been is that you have to really lost the speed, but he's lost the output of his punches, okay? Um, which he didn't really do a whole lot at 135, okay? Even on his come-up. He wasn't doing a whole lot, but he was definitely putting punches together a lot more than we've seen of late when he moved up to 147. Um, you know, it's so, it's, it's, I, I, I want to see him work it out with this next fight, whoever he decides to sign on, so that we could see whether he really did go back to the drawing board to really make a statement, um, or he's low, he, he's just making a comeback because he needs money and he's and he's looking to like shake off the ring rust and then go after the biggest money grab that he can. Which uh, you got to admit, uh, progress is it would be a good fight for him. Is it is it a pay per view event for him? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think that's where Broner's looking for is another big pay per view uh, payday. And I don't know if you can get that. Now, whether or not that they're trying to line this two's two up, uh, I did text uh, Lou DiBella earlier today just to try to get some more information, and the fucker never got back to me. <laughs> you know? But uh, hopefully we can get some more information about uh, Regis, uh, 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 Regis Progress, whether, what what's actually, what, why is there such a big stall on his career? What's going on? You know? So, um, and here's like, uh, you know, AB's ducking Regis. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not, well, Dave, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is ducking him, but I think he's de- ducking him with good purpose. You know, I, I can't blame him. It is the fight game, like uh, uh, La Roca had said, it's the fight game, man. It's boxing, you know. Uh, you know, they're going to drag something out. They're trying to build it up, you know. And it's a strong possibility. Would not let that get past me because uh, that's the way you're supposed to market a fight to strike interest, you know. Because here's the thing, if, if Broner comes back and he fights uh, and he looks decent, okay, he does. if he does look decent, it is going to up the interest of fight fans. Because right now, a lot of fight fans are basically writing this guy off, you know, nobody's like, ah, we love his personality, we know he's a shit talker, we know he's going to, he's going to, you know, uh, uh, make us laugh, he's, he's funny, he's engaging, but, but, and it's always the big but with Adrian Broner, 
Is he taking the fight game serious? Is he? I mean, I saw he is. I mean, he's losing weight. He looks good in shape, but that could just be a shell of him, right? So I think he needs that big fight there, the next fight, uh, whoever he's going to face, to make a statement or not make a statement. Either we're going to see the Adrian Broner of the old right now, or we're going to see a juvenated Adrian Broner. And if it's a juvenate uh, Adrian Broner, I think the Regis Progress fight now becomes more interesting because it needs to be competitive, in my opinion. You know, let's see here. Um, A-Rod said, nah, Broner needs a good fight so he can stop asking for $13 donations. <laughs> cold-blooded. That's cold-blooded. <laughs> That's great there, man. Oh, man. And then uh, let's see. Let's see. Outlaw says, uh, about broke, needs a big fight. He is in the hole with money real bad. And that's what I mean. So either he's just coming back for that payday and he's looking at Regis Progress like, uh, I need something simple, something easy. Maybe that's what he's thinking. We don't know. I don't know. I'm not in his head. That would require me to be in his head. I don't think I would want to be in Adrian Broner's head. But, um, you know, uh, I think he needs something to... Strike more interest. I, no, I think he knows that th that his mouthpiece alone is not going to get them that big payday. He's got to show us something. I'm hoping that's what they think. That they got to show us something, right? Let's see here. And G Funk's over here drinking Pacifico. Ooh, boy. What's the occasion? What is the occasion over there? So let's see what Andrew Broner does. Um, hopefully down the line, he does. Uh, Regis Progress is still around and wants that fight uh, because we didn't get the Maurice Hooker fight that I was hoping. Instead, we're going to get Maurice Hooker versus Virgil Ortiz Jr. Um, I haven't heard or seen any interest of the rematch with Taylor for uh, Progress. I really like Progress. He's got a great style. He's very aggressive. Um I want to see the kid back in the ring. Definitely do. And it would be a big payday for, for uh, uh, Regis to get uh, four-time former uh, division champion, uh, Adrian Broner. That, that's a big name on his resume. To me, that moves that needle for him to move up and probably even have negotiating powders, depending on how well the numbers do. Okay? You know, which is really difficult to do because of the pandemic. Not everything's still open. Pretty much everything that you can you go and there's going to be an audience attendance is going to still be in Texas. Oh, he's got an anniversary. Well, happy anniversary, Vato. Right on, man. All right, so let's see, man. Let's move on here. I got one more topic here on uh, the Leaving the Ring news and notes and uh, quick takes here. Um, and then uh, I think that's about it for me, man. Like I said, I decided just to jump on. I wanted to test out this new face. Tell me what you guys think about this new, uh, this new face here with the schedule and uh, some great matches up here on February. Uh, I'm going to be... Messing around with some other stuff here as well with the graphics here for leaving a ring. Try to make, you know, just try to make it look better. Um, give you some eye candy for some of you desperate vatos out there and stuff. Um, that's what I'm hearing too. Taylor versus Ramirez looks like it's going to happen in May, which, oh, dude, that would be great. Great. What a great present for me because I am a Cinco de Mayo baby. If you ever wonder how Chicano I am, I was born on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th. My mom did me right, you know. She pushed me out on the right date there, single the mile. So if that fight does happen, what a great fight. That's what leaves Progress out on the, uh, you know, he's a window shopper right now. He's literally at the mercy of really facing anybody at the moment 
because he's got nobody to tangle with, you know? Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to this next topic here, which, uh, dude, when we talk about Adrian Broner, and we say how the genius of the kid is by this mouthpiece that he has, how he markets himself. You, you know, it's the love and hate that us fans have with Adrian Broner. It could be said as well about Ryan Garcia. Okay. And what I'm saying here is like, look, Ryan Garcia just got the best win in his career right now on his resume. He just beat an Olympian, a gold medalist, Luke Campbell, and he did it in great fashion. Came off the canvas and knocked the other guy out. Okay, showed that he does have true blazing, crushing power. Then went on and said, called out Tank Davis and told Devin Haley, don't worry, you're in line. I'm going to get to you. Okay, but they was trying hard, pounding at the table, telling Golden Boy, make the call. Call Mayweather. Get Tank Davis on the phone. Let's make this fight happen. But instead, after Saturday night, Conor McGregor loses to uh, that guy, Dustin Poirier, I think his last name is. I don't watch UFC, man, unfortunately. Um, he get dusted out. The fight with Conor McGregor was in talks of fight, fighting Manny Pacquiao. Well, that crumbled as well. That got dusted. So Ryan Garcia immediately was like, yo, how about me and you, Manny Pacquiao? And now Henry Garcia, which is the father to Ryan Garcia, says, hey, the deal was close. It's almost done. And they're seeking for a 10-rounder. Okay, now they still haven't cleared up it's, whether it's going to be an exhibition or if there's going to be really something aligned. Is there? Is this going to be a catchway or is Ryan Garcia going to move up? Nothing really said, but it looks like both camps are interested in this. Um, what could you say? Hold on, says, looks like the same old face to me, Dave. I know, bro. <laughs> That's what my wife says to me. She's like, damn, you again? <laughs> you know, going back with Ryan Garcia, I'm like, love or hate him. This kid knows how to market himself. He definitely knows how to put his ass in the news. He doesn't need no help from nobody else. Whether it's cringy or not cringy, he knows how to move him closer to becoming a household name. He doesn't, you know, when you hear people try to compare him or saying that, try to build him up as Oscar De La Hoya, there's no way. There could only be one Oscar. Oscar was a gold medalist. Oscar, Oscar came with a great story. And Oscar fought to where he was at to become a legendary fighter. Ryan hasn't even, like, scraped the surface of Oscar De La Hoya's career. Doesn't even fight like Oscar. You know? This better not be an exhibition. I, I agree. Because I'm like, why an exhibition? What are these guys, retired? Is, is this Manny's way of saying I'm retiring? Is this Brian Garcia's way? You know what I mean? I mean, look. You're, you're in your prime. Now, again, I'm just giving you my, my quick take about this, okay? You, these guys, these kids are going to do what they want. Um, they are going to do what they think fits for their career. Uh, they don't If they don't think it's going to, like tarnish a little bit of the, the legacy that they're hoping to seek, which is becoming the undisputed at lightweight. Uh, and they, they think that they could take the route like Tyson Fury did by joining the WWE 
or like Mike Tyson has done in the past, or like even Oscar De La Hoya doing a, a, a recording album. To me, those guys deserved to do that. They earned their right to venture out a little bit away from boxing for the moment, to capitalize on the popularity. Now, I'm not saying that Grant Garcia is not popular. He's definitely, definitely, definitely popular. Okay. You can take out your lowrider out there at San Jose and Francisco de Mayo, man. I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, are they cruising? Because I remember they weren't letting nobody cruise anymore. They got really strict back in my day in the 90s, man. You know? With that gangster lean. That's right. So going back with Ryan, man, you know, um, I just go... You know... I, you know... LaRocca said, I, I want to see it. I think it's the biggest money fight available for Pacquiao. It definitely is. And we talked about this on Monday's show. I was like, look, if you can't even, if you can't get the Conor McGregor, because obviously that went down the fucking toilet. It got dusted, like I just mentioned. Uh, and you can't get the rematch with Floyd Mayweather. He really, he does. I, I just don't see him having any interest against uh, Errol Spence Jr. Or even like Terrence Crawford. Ryan Garcia is by far the next in line for a big money fight. And you know what? It's it's really not. It shouldn't really be put on Ryan. I think Ryan did the right thing by calling him out and seeing whether it sticks. And it, obviously, it is because they're interested in it, you know. Um, but Ryan is trying to get it. Ryan is trying. Like I said, he's seeking to get that become that household name, the way Oscar was the household name. Everybody knew who Oscar was, and I think Ryan understands that he's got to get himself because he doesn't have he doesn't have the jewels that that oscar did which is that gold medal and that story that captured not just the states but captured the world okay they were able to connect with oscar ryan ryan garcia is surfing the social media and got he's gathering the power of social media and he's using it this kid is like a superhero in his own little way. If you think about it, his powers are social media. And and he used it on, on Saturday night by going, me and Manny Pacquiao, what, let's make that happen. That's a big money fight because he knows that the draw, he's a draw. So, so why not? You know, let's see what some of you guys are saying. Outlaw, this is a bu this is bullshit. If it's an exhibition, active fighters shouldn't fight an exhibition. I, I agree with you. I'm 100% in line with that, man. I don't think so either. But, again, this is by far a genius move for Brian Garcia because you fight one of the icons of the sport. Okay? Manny Pacquiao. A living, breathing, and still active fighter in the sport of boxing, Manny Pacquiao. You attach your name and you get in there for 10 rounds. 10 rounds of boxing. And if you can beat him, it's even more for you. So not the only does he does he get the attraction of casual fans because casual fans are gonna be like, what? He's now he's fighting. It's he's still a draw. It's not like he's not a draw. You know. Let's see here with uh. Okay, Drew here said, "Excuse my French, but it's shit. Like this is that fucking killing boxing. Like damn, the sport making making a comeback. You know." I I know what you mean, Drew, but I don't think it's gonna kill it. 
if anything, I think it's going to advance it because let's remember the little uh, teeny poppers that are following Ryan Garcia. They don't know. They have no clue what an exhibition. Look at how many people tuned into Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And a lot of people didn't even know it was an exhibition. They didn't even know it was an exhibition. They didn't even know how many rounds their fight was going to happen on fight night. Five minutes away from these guys walking out to the ring. No casual fans do how many rounds and, 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 and ounce of gloves or how many rounds. I mean, or the fact that it was an exhibition, you know. Who bought Oscar CDs back in the day? <laughs> I did it. I'm a tyrant. I'll be honest with you. I did not buy his CD, but my brother-in-law did. <laughs> CD, does that mean cross-dress? Oh, man. You guys are cold-blooded, bro. A-Rod, um, hey, did he see Corridos or what? No, bro. I don't know. What did he see? It was like pop, right? Let's see. One of you guys. Well, the first one that answers this, the first one right now is typing is the one that bought the album. Fronting like he didn't buy the al album and shit. Look, look at G-Funky said right here. Pop songs. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, Drew said it's a fucking joke, which is the fight we're talking about. Uh, Ryan Garcia and Manny Pacquiao. Uh, and uh, let's see. Shoeshine said, uh, Shoeshine, Oscar got a Grammy nod for that, for his album. He did. He did, man. And then the outlaw, outlaw put, what, what happened to Daring to Be Great? Like Teofimo Lopez, you know, uh, Teofimo versus uh, Lomachenko. I think Dare to Be Great nowadays in boxing is, uh, I'll do that after I make a shitload of money, you know. And I know everybody likes to contribute that it was Floyd Mayweather, but Floyd, to me, Floyd Mayweather worked to get to that position to start cherry picking who he wanted to fight. You know, the guy that I would really honestly say started that trend was Roy Jones Jr. Let's not forget, Roy was getting, he was having pay-per-view fights with, with literally a firefighter and a police officer, you know? He really didn't want to dare himself to be great until after. After when his, his skills, his ability, his abilities eroded, he, he, then he started kind of stepping it up. You know, uh, LaRocca, uh, Manny is an active legend who still is a world champion. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? If Campbell could put down and set Ryan Garcia, whether it's an exhibition or not, you got to imagine what Manny Pacquiao could do to Ryan Garcia. Okay? Because Ryan Garcia is no Errol Spence. Ryan Garcia is no Terrence Crawford. Ryan Garcia is still a work in progress in the ring. He's still learning as he goes. Eddie Reynoso still hasn't implicated all these things that he's trying to put in like that way he did with Canelo Alvarez. He's had time with Canelo Alvarez. Years with Canelo Alvarez. You know, there's a lot of knowledge there to pass and and instill and, and in this kid. So this may be a little bit too much to, to, to chew from this big bite of him even doing an exhibition with Manny Pacquiao. You may agree with me or not, but... Uh, But that's the way I see it. Uh, any hardcore boxing fan should all, should all pray for Jake Paul to get his ass whooped. Yeah. <laughs> the more and more I'm hearing about these Paul brothers, you know. And you know what? Even though I'm hearing a lot about them, I got to tell you, I have no interest. But I do respect the fact that they are learning the fight game, you know. Uh, LaRocca, Roy Jones fought a garbage man on HBO pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, man. Tucson, funniest promo ever was Pacquiao versus Marquez singing contests on Mexican uh, TV before their fight. Man, Manny sings awful. <laughs> Why are you hating on Manny, bro? Come on. <laughs> I remember that, bro. I definitely remember that. And uh, he used to sing at every uh, their after parties, you know? He had to go on the mic and stuff and sing these songs, and, and uh, which is like a big thing for, uh, you know, Filipino culture. You know, the karaoke box is is definitely a family member, you know, which same thing with a lot of Mexicans. My dad, dude, oh, my dad, bro, that my dad, give him a six pack and that fucker will be singing all night on a karaoke box. Didn't even sing the right lyrics to the right song. That's how bad my dad was. Here, D-Style said, Floyd definitely has a lot of blame protecting O from him. Uh, yeah, you know, he does. But I think that, like I said, I think. Floyd, the work to get to that position. And then when he got there, he completely, you know, um, took advantage of it. So I agree with you on that one, man. Kids are trying to be like money made way too much, way too much, you know. And that's why I said that, like Vir Virgil Ortiz, hearing fans and talking to fans, they say he's a, you know, he's a, he's, he's definitely a refresh uh, for boxing because he seems like the guy that's not looking to do that. He's actually looking to do it the traditional way, which is fight for his position. And in uh, Philly, uh, Ryan Garcia is Amir Khan. Hmm. You know, getting dropped by Campbell is not, I want to say it's shameful. W would you guys say that? I don't think so. You know, Luke Campbell, bro, uh, to me was no joke. I, I have to give kudos to Ryan Garcia. You know? What I saw with Ryan, though, is that, that I tell you what, Amir, Amir Khan puts punches better, puts combos better together than Ryan Garcia. With me, Ryan Garcia just throws and hopes to land something, okay? And he overcommits with that. And that's what caused the counter, which led into him getting dropped. Um, he needs to settle. I was happy to see that his team, Edwin Reynoso, was able to settle him down, told him to calm down, collect himself, and remember that there's a science to this. You just can't go out there and blow everybody out, you know? But the chin wise, I think you're I think you're on something onto something there. You know, uh, Drew. Let's see, uh, A Rod. Fuck that Puto Paul brothers. I'm with you on that, bro. You know. He passed the test. Yep. He got up. He did. He definitely did. You know. You know, Hands of Stone looks like a good movie. Who recommends it? Um, it is a good movie. It is a really good movie, man. Um, I actually enjoyed it. I did enjoy that movie. You know, but if you really want to watch something really good, it's not a movie. It's a series. Um, I believe it's on Netflix, man. It's about Carlos Manzon, um, and it's about the, the murder of his wife, uh, you know, what he did. Uh, if you get a chance, it's a great, great. It was well produced. Uh, the acting was really good. It is in Spanish, but, you know, you can read the subtitles if you don't speak Spanish and all that. And um, and uh, check that out. If you're going to check out uh, Hands of Stone, check that out. Uh, Drew likes, yeah, I agree with you. Ryan has the same weenies as Khan, which would be that jaw, and holds it up, you know. And uh, D-Style, but damn, Khan still has great wins. Alexander, Madonna is a few names. He does. He does, you know. Khan beat Barrera. 
He did beat Burrell. I remember interviewing Amir Khan when he just arrived at LA, and that was because he was working at the Wild Card Gym, getting ready, prepared for uh, for Barrera. He was definitely getting ready and prepared for Barrera. And I remember this was coming off of him getting knocked out uh, by Prescott, and uh, we talked about what he needed to uh, what he needed to do, and why was the purpose? What was the purpose for this fight against uh, Antonio Mar uh, Marco Antonio Barrera? And, uh, you know, like Disao said, Burrow was washed up. He was. Burrow was on his way out. But it was a good way of capitalizing on a recognizable name, which Amir Khan needed at that time. Especially had just signing with Golden Boy and such, you know. It is a good series, bro. Manzone is good on Netflix. I have to agree with you. Sorry, American Paisa. <laughs> Uh, yep. Yeah, man. So going back with Ryan Garcia, I look, if his dad's saying it's close to the deal, um, I think we might end up seeing that, man. As much as we probably don't like it, I'm hoping that it goes not to an exhibition, but to a real fight with something really all on the line. Ten rounds is not bad. It definitely does wonders for Ryan Garcia if he gets the win. It's going to give him a big push. Uh, where does the fight land? At what weight? Um... Is there going to be, is it catch weight? I can't see titles being all, I can't see Manny's, I don't know. Manny's title could be on the line on this one here. He does hold the title in the welterweight division, you know. Um, you know, um, what story behind the interview with young Mikey when he gets wrapped up? Ruiz Ortiz topic. I don't know what you mean. Oh, 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 you're talking about, oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, what's the story behind the interview with young Mikey when he was getting his hands wrapped up in the uh, Ruiz and Victor, or Brandon Ruiz, Bam Bam, and Victor Ortiz uh, um, topic, right? Uh, the story was just that we went after to go interview Mikey Garcia, and this one he was um, put up, uh, he was uh, up, uh, up for uh, prospect of the year, which he did win. You know, he won Prospect of the Year for like Max Boxing and Ring Ring Magazine, and uh, and uh, yeah, man, it got a lot of views and stuff. Um, so we, we wanted to do, we wanted to do this because we had Brandon Ruiz on the show on Leaving the Ring in the early years, and uh, we we're interviewing Brandon Ruiz, and then uh, we asked him about Victor Ortiz because they do both come from Kansas, and we knew that there was some history between the two. There was like a dislike because. Brandon Ruiz was training with uh, with Robert Garcia, and Victor Ortiz was training with the older brother, the older brother of Garcia, okay? And then there was a breakup, and Victor Ortiz opted to go with the older brother rather than staying with the dad and Robert, okay? Robert's dad. So when we asked him about it, He's asked on on the air, hey, can I can because I asked, hey, so what are you what are your thoughts about Victor Ortiz? And he's like, Well, can I cuss on this show? We were like, Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. It's the internet. And he just went off, man. He was calling him a piece of shit. Uh everything you could think of on the in the book, man. He just went off. So we, we used to have Victor come on all the time. Um, I actually was the only one at the time when he got when he lost to uh Chino Madonna, if you guys remember that. Um, he wouldn't do any interviews with anybody. And I saw him at the Nokia um, uh, 
fight uh, that Golden Boy was doing. I don't know if you guys remember that. They were holding at the Nokia in L.A., in downtown L.A. Um, they were holding these fights and stuff for up-and-comers. And Victor was there. And I went up to him, and with no camera yet, I just sat there, and I was talking to him. And he had said, uh, I asked him politely, like, yo, uh, any chance I could, uh, could talk to you about that? You know, um, talk to you about the knockout. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Because I already knew him. We had actually had been talking for some time and, you know, uh, um, just didn't talk about boxing. We talked about life. So we kind of felt comfortable. So we did that. And then later we started asking him about Brandon Ruiz. And um, he was really reluctant, man. He was like, I don't want to talk about that, dude. I don't want to talk about that guy. That guy's just trying to, he's riding my coattail. He's looking for a big payday, et cetera, et cetera. So when he started saying that, I was like, hmm, that's kind of, kind of you know, uh, fishy and stuff. So at the time, I had this group of guys that were doing a lot of filming for me because it was really expensive for me to go to L.A., man. Like, literally, I'd go to L.A. to all the gyms. I was going to, like, Maywood, um, the Wild Card, Azteca, um, you know, um, and it was costing me, like, because everything was coming out of pocket. I wasn't working for anybody. Uh, you know, I wasn't on any major uh, site or anything like that. And um, so I, I had got another group of YouTubers and they were doing the interviews and I had asked them if they can go to, um, no, actually they, they're the ones that actually got the interview with Mikey Garcia. And then they, they put the whole collab, which was the guy named Blue Merck, I think his name was at the time. Um, and they're the ones that actually put everything together, all our interviews. They put it all, all in one video and they wanted to show the history between the two. And then with Mikey Garcia, you know, because he was so level-headed, uh, what his thoughts about the beef between ba Brandon Bam Bam Ruiz and Victor Vicious Ortiz, which, as you guys all know, never happened. So that was the backstory between that, you know. Um, we originally went out there because he was the uh, prospect of the year. But while we was out there, you know, it was like, hey, well, we've had Brandon on the show and we had Victor on the show. What is your take between this beef? Is it ever going to get resolved? What do you think? And he was able to uh, graciously tell us his thoughts, man, and very collective in his answer of how he, you know, um, and how he thought uh, things were between the two, you know? Let's see here. So, man, did you know that Roach was going to give you an interview in the wild card before you went? No, bro. Actually, I didn't even go. I didn't, like, so I didn't. Honestly, it did not. I never showed up any at anybody's gym. Um, you know, uh, I guess you could contribute that to my mom or, you know, Rasa. We're just like that polite, you know, like, you know what I mean? I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys are my age, uh, but I think a lot of you guys are close to my age. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> my jaw is broken. I still can't forget that. Upset. Yeah, bro. Um. But, um, you know, like my mom's, my mom's always told me, don't show up unannounced, you know, uh, have the common courtesy to call. So that's what I literally used to do. I used to literally call these gyms and introduce myself. And, you know, um, I didn't expect anything. So I remember answering, calling, I'm sorry, calling the wild card and Freddie answered. He literally answered his phone, which was really cool. That, you know, this here was this high profile trainer who's working with one of the best fighters in the world at the time. Um, who had just beaten, you know, Morales and, and, and Barrera. Uh, and now he was gearing up to get ready to fight Oscar De La Hoya. So I, I was, I honestly was trying to get him 
on the phone just to do an interview and I could post it on YouTube. If you remember when we were doing YouTube, we were only able to record and I was using like my camera. I would put my camera by my phone and do my interview. So the audio was really bad at that time. But I was like, hey, I'd like to interview. And then he said, well, why don't you come down? You know, 24-7 um, uh, HBO is going to be here. Um, there's going to be some sparring. Would you like to check that out? And I was like, uh, yeah. Shit, yeah. So, so at that time when he invited me, I decided to work around everything else. I called up other gyms. <gasps> excuse me. And then I was, um, I was introduced to uh, a publicist who became a really good friend of mine, uh, um, Serafina. And Serafina was like, um, hey, I can get you an interview with Antonio Magarito. Um, oh, no, that was after. I'm sorry. No, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Yeah. No, so, uh, so originally it was just, it was just the wild card. That's right. Because I went later on to the Antonio Magarito, but then uh, to the Maywood. But then I went to Azteca uh, to go see uh, Giovanni, Segura, and then uh, then I went back to the wild card. Uh, but but originally it was just for um, the wild card, and that's when I called and he invited me. So I went up there uh, to do that. And also I think I did stop in Pomona again to talk to Jack Mosley. You know. So yeah, man, that's that there. You know, man, you're making me think way, way back, bro. Way, way back. Good old days. Uh, let me start doing it again. Really honestly, let me start going back, uh, especially my local gyms here. I haven't been to any of the local gyms in a while since this whole shutdown pandemic with the coronavirus, man. But I do truly, I, you know, one thing that I really like, if you guys have a chance, if you can go to a local gym, ask them if they do smokers. Uh, smokers are by far some of the best fights you could see. It's always rivalries. You get one local gym against another local gym or out of the county. They come out and, you know, it's supposed to be like 60 to 70 percent of them letting their hounds go. Um, you know, and uh, um, and then you just see them. They don't. They go 100 percent. You get you definitely see some brutal, brutal wars and stuff. Uh, D style here. I remember you suggested to Rhodes to fight Cotto. I did. I did. I asked them on camera. I was like, because they were thinking of names after they beat Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, let me see if I can remember the whole story correctly here. So after they beat Oscar De La Hoya, they were looking for the next fight to the next big fight for them. Okay. And um, this is really honestly where I think even to Antonio Margarito was calling out Pacquiao, but Freddie was like, we're not stupid. He even said it on camera, like we're not, we're, you know, we're, we're daring to be great, but we're not that crazy to go after Antonio Margarito. And at the time, it's because Antonio Margarito had just beat up uh, Miguel Cotto. And I was like looking at Miguel Cotto like, well, look, if you really look at it, Miguel Cotto is not much bigger than Manny Pacquiao. Stature-wise body, they were really similar. So I said to Freddie Rhodes, I was like, hey, so what do you think about maybe possibly getting in with, you know, Miguel Cotto right now? You know, I mean, he did come off of this loss, but it was a valiant try that he had against Antonio Margarito. And Freddie was like, I like that. That's a great idea. And we, we talked about it on, on video, but then off camera, we went right back in and started talking about the Cotto fight. And we used to have Nate Campbell on uh, early on before he got in with Timothy Bradley. And I remember Nate was calling out Manny Pacquiao and saying how he was trying to start up like saying that Manny Pacquiao and Freddie Roach don't fight African-Americans. They won't fight black fighters. And I remember asking Freddie Roach as well about Nate Campbell, how what Nate Campbell had said on the Leave the Ring show about them not wanting to fight black fighters. And Freddie just went off and he said like, 
you know what, Nate Campbell, if you were purple, we'd fight you. Make the weight. And he said that because Nate, uh, Nate Campbell didn't make weight, I think, believe in his last fight and stuff. So that was a really, really interesting um, interview and off camera. Great conversation. Freddie, Freddie Roach, man, is really honestly an open book and uh, an encyclopedia, um, you know, in, 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 the, in the fight game, man. You know, he's really fun to talk to, you know. Um, man, I'd love to get him back on, to tell you the truth. I need to ask about the one in Fresno. I was told by an amateur boxer that Crawford went out and school and, and schooled slot of dudes out there. I heard about that too, bro, but I don't know a whole much about it. Um, I, I want to say, oh God, what's the name of the gym that he supposedly went? Um, yeah, the Freddie Rose did call him a bum. Uh, Freddie Rose wanted, I mean, and Nate Campbell wanted a payday. Definitely, man. He sure did. Um, going back with A-Rod. God, it's called the Fresno. Dude, I can't even think of the name. And you know what? I, I used to talk to these guys a lot too. Um, I even went to their gym because they had a couple of smokers and they had uh, Bobby Chicon, schoolboy. And that was that, that and that was a time I went there uh, to their gym and uh, sat there with Bobby Chicon. I was able to go eat lunch with Bobby and hang out with Bobby for two straight days. Uh, God, what's the name of the gym, man? I'm going to feel like shit because uh, really, really good homeboys, bro. Really good people that uh, run the gym and um, they support. I can, picture the, I can picture the owner's face in my head, but I can't think of the name of the goddamn gym. Uh, they also, they even come over here down to Modesto to uh, have their amateur fighters fight some of the bad of the bone fighters. Um, you know, um, so Antio's out on gym, out in gyms too. Yeah, but Kobe, uh, you know, I'll stop to that, put a stop to that. He'll be on the HP field, uh, he'll be HCP's uh, field guy. I already told him. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Um, damn, what's the name of that? I know it's Fresno something, bro. I have to get back with you on that one, A-Rod. Um, and I could probably reach out to him and, and find out some more information about Crawford coming down. You know, but I, you know, I heard about it too, but I don't know if it was, I, I don't think it's a rumor, man. I think there is a lot of truth to it, but I don't know if it was like a couple of fire. I think it was like maybe one or two. I'm not sure. Don't, don't hold me to it, but yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, Anyways, guys, all right, man. I enjoy everybody coming on here. I hope you guys like this little face here for our quick takes here on Leaving the Ring. Don't forget, uh, every Monday, you do have uh, the Shoe Shine Show on Periscope, but you have Leaving the Ring here. Um, you know, we're at 5, and then at 7, I believe, uh, Shoe Shine goes live as well. And then on Tuesday, you got Hispanics Causing Panic with D-Style and G-Funky. And then on Thursdays, uh, you have uh, uh, the Leaving the Ring Roundtable, um, which is a great, great both. I mean, all the, all the shows have their great segments and stuff. Uh, and then Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you have a, a milk car. My co-host who's doing the uh, Live at Five, and you can find that on his channel. And then on Sundays, you got um, Ringside Report uh, on Live as well. You know, So again, man, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, hopefully I can do these solo shots here of uh, you know quick notes and news. Here on Leaving the Ring, I'll try to do as many as I can. And I'm glad that you guys enjoyed the face here that I did. I'm going to try, again, like I said, keep working on the graphics. Uh, we'll catch up with everybody. You guys have a great night, man. And be safe out there in the rain and the wind.